I'm Patrick Corelci. And I'm Adriana Cortez, and we're the hosts of Red Pilled America, a new storytelling podcast. Red Pilled America tells you the stories Hollywood and the mainstream media don't want you to hear. Visit the iHeartRadio app right now to listen to Red Pilled America. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Guys don't talk to guys about guy problems. Gary Hoffman. Each other on the shoulders. Shannon Farron. Yeah, that woman that had as subtle as a rhinoceros horn at the backside. Gary and Shannon. Oh Lord, I'm here and I'm listening. Nobody think that you are better now, better now. You only say that because I'm not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would have gave you anything, would have gave you everything. You Gary and Shannon, getting close to the end of July. We're on uh, July 30th already. Shannon's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Allie Johnson is in for her today. Welcome back once again. Thank you. Less, Here for uh, round two. Let's do this. Less wandering in the hallways today, which was uh, probably refreshing, a little less nerve-wracking. I would say about half, I spent half the time getting to the room I was supposed still, to get to. You still wanted to go through and find the free cereal in the, in the other room. There's free cereal? Oh, you didn't see that? Okay. I see you later. <laughs> Uh, but you got to really like either Cinnamon Toast Crunch or uh, I think it's a Raisin Bran. Oh, and those, Cheerios. Are, those are terrible. Oh, and Cheerios, right. There's three selections, Cheerios. We could get some Cap'n Crunch up in there. No, because that would be detrimental to our health. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. Raisin Bran and not really live? and why they choose, but that's... Um, okay, so today, this, <laughs> this is funny only because CNN for... You know, weeks now has been talking about their debate. Tonight is the first of two debates on CNN for the Democratic candidates for the nomination. And they just spent a good 10 minutes describing the stage tonight. They're oh, that excited. Not even the stage to the, the behind the scenes green room. Yeah. Just where a, they're also doing Dora the Explorer live. Here, here's the, uh, it's important. Here's the part of the stage you'll never see tonight. Now, some of the candidates have already arrived. They're already they're showing uh, Marianne Williamson, who is standing behind the podium that she'll be in. When we get to the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk more about things to watch for tonight, the lineup for tonight. Because, listen, I know unless you're a total nerd, chances are you're not going to be watching this. There's a lot of other things that you probably would want to watch, like the finale of The Bachelorette, among other things. So Is that tonight? That is tonight. She why isn't CNN decides, covering this? That's a great question. I don't know why. <laughs> I want to see that green room. Um, we will also talk about the president's uh, latest comments. Today he was in, uh, I think it's uh, Jamestown, West Virginia. We'll talk about what he said before he left for that uh, ceremony today. Sort of a doubling down on some of the information that he's been talking about when it comes to Baltimore. And then later in the show... Jessica Alba's Instagram account was hacked. This is different than her Twitter account that was hacked a couple of days ago. Her Instagram account was hacked, and it was filled with a bunch of pro-Nazi, like, eh, Germany should have won World War II stuff, and, and a plea to get YNW Melly out of jail. Seems like an interesting tactic to get somebody out of jail. Also, blind spot, never heard of YNW Melly before today. I mean, if it was just for publicity, then it really has worked. Well, that and listen, that's why I follow Jessica Alba on Instagram <laughs> is to find out all of the latest hot rap acts. Yeah. 
Or maybe she wasn't hacked at all and she's just all of a sudden really changed her personality. That would be quite a 180 (laughs) on her part. All right, today's the day. Uh, We have been following, of course, the story from Sunday night, the shooter at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. The 19-year-old kid who did it was uh, was shot and killed by police, they say, within a minute uh, of him opening fire. But in that minute, there was still plenty of activity. One of the stories that I read today was um, an account by... A man, uh, his wife, and their child. <clears throat> the child was too young. I mean, he's only 10 months old, so we're not hearing from them. But this um, this couple, Wendy Towner, her husband, Francisco Aguilera, and their son. Wendy and Francisco were, I guess they, they have a, a honey tent, uh, the Honey Ladies. That was her business. She was a vendor there at the, at the Garlic Festival. They actually saw this guy climb over the fence and come into the festival with his gun on Sunday night. I believe they even said something to him, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Wendy said Wendy said she told the gunman, no, you can't do that. Now, I don't know. None of us have any clue what we would say to a guy who was holding an AK-47 looking rifle. That seems like a very interesting reaction to me to say, you can't do that. As if sudden, suddenly the guy's going to go, Oh, my gosh, you're right. What was I thinking? Oh, I can't oh, do this. Oh, I should turn around. Oh, wow, I'm in the wrong place. Well, I, I'm wondering if they just saw him coming through the fence and they didn't necessarily know that he was holding an assault rifle at the time. Maybe he was a little far away and they were mainly just telling him, you can't do that as in like you sneaking can't climb into the fence. The, right. Yeah. Like maybe he had it strapped on and it was behind him. Something. With that comment, uh, they said... All of his attention went toward her booth, the honey lady's booth, and he opened fire on them, hitting both Wendy and Francisco. Their three-year-old son, I said he was 10 months, sorry, the three-year-old son was dragged under the table by a brave 10-year-old girl who was there that probably saved his life because he wanted to run to mommy and daddy who had been hurt. As they lay wounded, the guy walked up to them, the shooter walked up to them and asked, are you all right? And they both pretended to be dead. Which, again, I don't know if I would be smart enough to make that decision in the moment. But that saved their lives, I assume. Yeah, because they both said there's a a GoFundMe page that was set up for this family to help pay for their hospital bills. And the brother who uh, put this thing up said they both uh, possumed and did not respond. And he probably, as he probably would have finished the job. So... When they pre- pretended to be dead, they said the gunman's attention turned to the group next to them. That included the six-year-old, Stephen Romero, who was killed, his mom, Barbara, who was uh, who was shot and is now in a medically induced coma. I think she was shot in, the, shot in the stomach in her hand. And then Grandma Barbara as well, also hit in the leg before cops finally shot and killed this guy. So... The uh, the GoFundMe page for Wendy and uh, and Francisco is looking for money for to help with medical costs, et cetera. They're just they're just two of the fifteen or sixteen people that were injured here. Now, the the history of this guy, this nineteen year old guy, is n- nothing is incredibly weird yet. Yeah, I would say looking at his Instagram, knowing what we know now. You're like, this looks a little weird, but it wouldn't necessarily be anything that would raise alarm bells to anybody before the fact. You know what 
I spent time doing, and I shouldn't say this out loud, but I spent time looking through my 19-year-old son's Instagram account. Now, this guy only had three pictures on his account. And he my had... son's got dozens, so it's not... I mean, it, it, they're... It's different. And it's... I think every single picture on there is a car of some kind or a, <laughs> a mechanical piece of equipment that goes on a car. It's It's very different. But... When you look at what this guy, I mean, we talked yesterday about this guy apparently came from a a relatively well-known family in Gilroy. Uh, All of them have some amount of accomplishment. Like grandpa was a was a county supervisor. Dad was a well-known runner. Uh, He'd had brothers that were also athletes. I think one of the brothers was training for the Olympics or trying to train for the Olympics as a boxer. Yes. Yeah. He had been training a couple up until a couple of years ago for the 2020 Olympics. And I believe that the shooter was one of his sparring partners, but was not necessarily training in boxing himself. Right. So so uh, to just extrapolate some of that, what if he, this 19 year old kid, felt like he wasn't measuring up to the other successful people in his family? I mean, that could very well be the case. I think that in these situations, you always try to backpedal and see where this began for for somebody like that, especially when there are uh, they're still trying to figure out a motive for why he did this. And it seems that there were connections to white supremacy and there was that book. Right. And, and things like that. So there were those connections but where did it all start why did why did his mind start going there was it because his family was so prominent and they keep saying oh they were such a nice and normal family but there were also a couple of things about this that that were jarring i believe his grandfather oh yeah was on trial at one point for molesting his own daughter and then was later acquitted right yeah, which odd. is also strange. That's not a that's not a normal family thing. Yeah, I mean, even if you were acquitted, to say, oh yes, they're such a nice and normal family, even to have that in their family history is strange. That's worth a mention. Sure. You know, first, first, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time you describe your family, that's worth a mention. Uh, anyway, they'll continue to investigate. They're looking, of course, at where the guy bought the gun in Nevada. The owner of the gun store is ripped and torn apart because of this, uh, but said when he. When he ordered the gun and picked it up, that he the guy was happy and didn't seem to be uh, clearly would have no indication of what the guy was going to do with it. But um, but he was upset with that. There was also a shooting yesterday at a Walmart in Mississippi. I guess it was this morning. Sorry. In South Haven, which is the third largest city in Mississippi. Uh, I think this is going to turn out to be a domestic situation because it's it's doesn't appear to be a random shooting where somebody went in and tried to hurt a lot of people. It was a very targeted thing. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one as well. When we come back, the latest from the president uh, spoke today before he left the White House to go to Virginia for an event. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Allie Johnson sitting in for Shannon today. And- Gary and Shannon. Allie Johnson is uh, in for Shannon today. Big stories. We'll keep an eye on the debate first night of the debate. It's going to be on CNN tonight starting at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. There was a a big security breach at Capital One Financial. They said personal information of about 106 million people was uh, compromised. 33-year-old woman from South Seattle was arrested. And then uh, also uh, locally there was a guy with a uh, supposed history of domestic violence arrested in downtown LA this morning after he allegedly kidnapped his girlfriend in Monrovia. We'll talk about that 
next hour. We, um, we've, of course, been covering the president going after Elijah Cummings, talking about the conditions in Baltimore. Today, he was uh, on his way to the Jamestown settlement over in uh, Virginia to deliver remarks on the 400th anniversary of the first representative legislative assembly. Yes, there were protesters there who told him to go back, etc. But before he left the White House grounds, he did what he does so often and spent some time answering questions from reporters, including uh, this priceless comment. I am the least racist person there is anywhere in the world. In the entire <laughs> world. I don't mind his uh, hyperbole, but I do think to, it makes me laugh when he says stuff like that. Anywhere in the anywhere. entire yeah. world. I have checked in with the whole world. There's 7.2, 7.3 billion people, mm-hmm. and all of them are like, no, you are you are less racist than I am. Yeah, we all did a vote, and we decided you, sir, are the least racist person that ever lived and ever will live. Now, the, uh, like- oh, there it is. Uh, he also talked about, the reaction that he's been getting to his comments about the conditions, the physical conditions in Baltimore, in West Baltimore, which happens to be Elijah Cummings' congressional district, and said people have been calling him and telling him, thank you, finally somebody notices us. At the right time, I'll visit. But the people of Baltimore are very thankful. They have let us know by the thousands of people because of the fact that finally somebody is pointing out how corrupt Baltimore is. How billions and billions of dollars have been stolen. And the ones that like it the best, what I'm doing, are African-American voters. Those are the ones. Thank you. I wanted to play for this. Thank you. That'll be all. For, for you for yesterday. And this is not, listen, I'm not one of those that says uh, one black person speaks for the entire African-American community. But there are people who are upset with Elijah Cummings in that district. And they say as much. Um, there was a reporter that talked to this woman uh this is the video I found yesterday. Like this. If he would take the time out to come over here. So, Michelle, thank you so much for your testimony. Uh, it went across on Fox News. But I have to ask you, CNN, especially host Victor Blackwell, he's saying that Trump is racist for calling out uh, Representative Elijah Cummings for the way his district looks and just for pointing it out, basically. Do you agree? Trump is not racist, not to my knowledge. I'm glad that he pointed out. I'm glad that he put him on blast because people in West Baltimore have been putting Elijah coming on uh, him on blast for years. Ever since he's been in office, he never did anything for us. Like I said, if he's supposed to be from this neighborhood, like I said, supposed to be, it just, the rats did, just didn't come. These houses just didn't get tore down. They've been like this. If he would take the time out to come over here and see how things are, maybe he'd do be better at his job. Now, again, mm. we talked about this yesterday. I, I don't know the best way to determine what responsibility uh, Elijah Cummings has for the conditions in West Baltimore. But he is a member of a member of Congress, and he's supposed to represent the 600 and some odd thousand people who live through the entire district, not just the great parts and not just the bad parts. But he's got to have the entire district at heart when he represents them in Congress. Sure. And I mean... Hearing this woman's account, obviously there's going to be a lot of different opinions based on what Donald Trump said, based on Elijah Cummings' response. But where what the problem that I have is when you generalize and put one person's account or one person's opinion and group it in with an overall opinion. And that's what I have a problem with with President Donald Trump saying, no, 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 
what I've done for African Americans, I would say no president as they're so happy that's that that I've been bringing attention to this. They're so thankful they called me, and that's when you're deciding. Okay, now I'm now I'm going to take one person, or maybe maybe there was a, a couple of people that said, "Oh yeah, you're putting him on blast. That's great." But then to take that and to put a stamp on it and say this is how everybody feels. That doesn't seem fair. No, it's not. It's just an example that there are people out there who do feel that way. The other thing is the president uses um, unemployment numbers, it seems, every time he mentions the great work that he's done for different groups or organizations or whatever, he uses unemployment. And listen, that's a fine metric, and it's fantastic. And he's right in that unemployment levels are at record lows right now. But that doesn't always necessarily translate to a good life for people. So anyway, Mm. we'll talk more about that when we get into Swamp Watch. The debate preview when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Allie Johnson sitting in for Shannon today. Gary and Shannon, it's Tuesday, July 30th, KFI AM 640. Shannon's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. I think she's gearing up for the debate tonight. So, Allie Johnson sitting in. You can follow Allie on Twitter at your Allie Johnson. Thank you, Gary. Or at your ally, Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. Johnson. It's a new pronunciation. I admire that about you. <laughs> I admire that your name is Johnson. That your name is Gary. Uh, we will talk more about admiration and the debates in just a second. Uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to tell you about that strange standoff this morning in downtown L.A. A suspected kidnapper uh, was uh, holed up in a Toyota Prius. Poor guy. Uh, they used a little, just a tiny bit of tear gas to get him out. So we'll talk about that. Um, also, the story that's been, I always find these fascinating, these music copyright stories. The latest one is that Katy Perry is accused of and now, I guess, convicted of? I mean, found to have stolen uh, a melody from a Christian rap song. We'll talk about that at the top <laughs> of next hour. Yeah, I think that their response at first, their defense was, no, this beat is just kind of boring and unassuming. Yeah. That was <laughs> No, it's just, it's just a boring, unassuming beat. It's okay. The second-tier defense was, Christian rap? That was the other one. Uh, all right, tonight <laughs> <That's> all <we> <laughs> got is the uh, the second, I guess this is round two, night one of the Democratic debates. There will be 10 people on stage today, 10 people on stage tomorrow in Detroit at the very beautiful and historic Fox Theater. And both nights bring different things. Tomorrow we'll talk about what tomorrow is, good because tomorrow night is clearly the primetime show with... Kamala Harris and Cory Booker on opposite sides of Joe Biden going after him and pulling no punches. And we're going to see uh, especially Senator Harris continue her attacks on Joe Biden and his record when it comes to race, which is ironic considering the issues that we've been talking about with President Trump and whether or not comments like that are racist. The idea that you would even dare suggest that Joe Biden was racist blows me away i listen i don't i'm not a huge supporter of joe biden i disagree with a lot of his politics but listen you can't argue that he's not a nice guy no i think he may be bumbling and old and crotchety but he's he's a nice guy but i think she called him out on some of the 
decisions that he had made, not necessarily calling him out as a racist. Okay, but but listen, that's the undercurrent. When when a woman of color says to an old white guy, the decisions you made 45 years ago are racist. I mean, without saying it, but the decisions you made 45 years ago reflect poorly. Right. That's the thing. And you can't come back from that. We talked about this yesterday. Once you lob that bomb of you're a racist, that hand grenade, you can't. You can't throw that grenade back. It doesn't work that way. So it, I, that'll be interesting to see that. But that's tomorrow night. Tonight, if you're... <laughs> Tonight, Marianne Williamson. She's my girl. She's already at the theater. She's saging the place. <laughs> she's saging the place. Now, if you're going to... Just to keep score, just if you're going to fill out your score sheet right now, on the left-hand side, this is left to right on the stage tonight, Marianne Williamson <laughs> burning incense on the podium... <laughs> Uh, Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Minnesota, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, South Bend, Senator Bernie Sanders in the middle, standing next to Senator Elizabeth Warren, former Congressman Beto O'Rourke, former Governor Hickenlooper of Colorado, former uh, former Congressman Delaney of Maryland, and then Governor Steve Bullock of Montana. Uh, listen, outside of perhaps Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, and O'Rourke, the other six are are non-players in all of this. Sure. But I think that, I mean, a lot of people are going to be looking to how Warren and Sanders interact with each other because they do match up on a lot of their views and policies up, up to a certain point. Yeah. I know that they have minor disagreements, but it will be interesting to see if they go at each other or if they sort of stand more side by side. Now, the thing is that you can't... If if this was the general election, we already had a nominee, and it was either one of those two people, if it was Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, the other person would absolutely run VP. to their defense and say, listen, I this is my person, this is my candidate, I absolutely support this, the nominee, et cetera, et cetera, but we're not to that point, and we're a year away from that. So up until that point, they have to... They have to deftly go after each other without completely ruining their own credibility. They, Yeah, it's a very fine line that they have to walk because we're still in real-world territory where it's like throw them all in one area and they'll go at each other. We'll right. see what happens. You know, you're trying to pit people against each other and expose people's weaknesses or differences. We're animals. Yes. We're like, <laughs> we to see them to all. See blood. Bunch of podiums. One of my favorite things, you watched this this morning and I found it again <laughs> a little bit later, was this video where I think it's uh, CNN, Poppy, <laughs> Poppy, uh, Poppy is her name, <laughs> Poppy. She asks, <laughs> she asks Bernie Sanders about his relationship with Elizabeth Warren. Everyone's comparing you to Senator Elizabeth Warren. You often say she is my friend. Uh, let's end with something you admire about her. What is the thing you admire most? about Senator Elizabeth Warren as you get ready to take her on on the debate stage? Well, Senator Warren is a friend of mine, and I admire the fact that we have worked together uh, over the years uh, on a number of issues. Anything specific? Well, look, we have worked together on a number of issues, uh, and she is a very good senator. Poppy Harlow, that's her name. And by the way, even she was laughing at that. I admire the fact that she is a sitting senator in the United States. I am, and I admire the fact. That's it. The facts. I, I just admire. I plain admire facts. that she will be standing next to me, to my left. I admire that she has hair. <laughs> I admire 
She wears glasses. Uh, this is going to be an interesting couple of nights. The, I think the best part about this is that this is the last time. I think both both parties have realized, uh, Democratic and Republican parties, and I mean the structure of the parties, have realized you cannot you cannot throw 20 candidates at the wall to see what sticks. You have to be able to pare down a field like this before too long. And this, these tonight and tomorrow night, this is the last time you'll see 20 people on stage. I think what they're going to do is by the time we get to September, the rules change in terms of the criteria for choosing who makes it into the debate. So we will only see those top tier and a few of the second-tier candidates making it in. And I think this is a last-ditch effort for several candidates. I mean, if you think about... I mean, Steve Bullock, this is going to be his first time on the stage, so he really has to make a splash to get any traction. I think Pete Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke are two people that people were really excited about and have kind of fizzled out in the polls, so they would have to really get people's attention tonight. And because this is the last gasp for some of these people, Bill de Blasio, I'm looking at you, you're going to they're just going to yell things. They're going to yell non sequiturs at people and they're going to get lost in the fray and then, you know, fade off into the sunset. Yeah. Hopefully. And then Marianne Williams going to be like, love is love is love is love. <laughs> I rest my case. It's going to smell like patchouli on that side of the <laughs> stage, I think. Uh, it's going to be great. When we come back, the uh, the Capital One hack credit card applications and accounts for Capital One. A hacker got access to more than 100 million of those accounts. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Allie's in for Shannon today. KFI AM 640. Allie Johnson's in for Shannon today. Shannon will be back uh, in la mañana. Stories that we're following include the uh, continuing investigation into the 19-year-old shooter at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. We're planning on talking with uh, Alex Stone a little bit later in the show as well. He's been in Gilroy for the last couple of days as the FBI continues to search for some, some appreciable motive here something that we can kind of explain uh, what happened uh, to this 19 year old why he decided to open fire also uh, just days after her twitter account was hacked jessica alba's instagram account was hacked and it's you know it's it's goofy but she's got millions of followers on instagram and it's not just because she's pretty uh she has a, a massive uh like perfume and body oh, yeah. she has a bunch products, of products and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So this is a significant, it's a business thing for her. But uh, so whoever it was that hacked it, apologized to her, begged for forgiveness, demanded the freedom of YNW Melly, a rapper who's been in jail in, I think it's Georgia or Florida. For double murder. Well, I mean, let's not. I mean, if you want to get technical, yes, it was double murder. Right. Uh, but he's had a rough life. No, definitely. Um, I don't know if that's an excuse to murder people, but it's. But we, that's also all alleged. Uh, we talk- I just think that when you're when you're deciding, hey, please free this person, it's usually a drug charge or something like that. Right. And and to have it be this serious of an offense, and to to really only have an Instagram account as collateral. That's a good point. 
or what? We're going to keep posting <laughs> right. weird Nazi stuff or, yeah. on your Instagram. We're huh? going to start actual pictures of Nazis instead of just saying Germany should <laughs> okay. have won World War II. Yesterday, we told you about the uh, the hack in uh, the city, LAPD's personnel accounts, that uh, somebody gained access to several thousand uh, applicants and uh, police officers and just some of the basic information about them, not necessarily financial or personal in terms of home addresses, but <clears throat> stuff that would be could be used to spoof someone's identity. Well, last night, Capital One, big, huge credit card company, Capital One announced that somebody had gained access to more than 100 million customer accounts and credit card applications from earlier this year. Yeah, and I think that you and I were both surprised to see that a woman had been arrested because usually when I think of a hacker, I think of a weird pale dude sitting in his basement or his mom's basement with a hoodie on and he's just kind of a weird, creepy dude. And then I went and saw this girl's picture and she basically looks like the female version of that. Yeah, she's not well. Just, I mean, in terms <laughs> she of... She looks terrifying. She is not well. That's, this picture that was uh, that was posted by Krebs Security... First of all, the online name that she was using was Erratic. Paige Thompson is her name, 33-year-old uh, year old woman living in South Seattle, somewhere in the Beacon Hill neighborhood, if you know where that is. And she had been... The reason they found her, by the way, she was bragging about this <laughs> online in these forums that are all about finding people's personal security, sharing information that you've stolen, that sort of thing. Now, <clears throat> Capital One last night uh, put out a big press release that said Capital One Financial Corporation announced that it determined there was unauthorized access by an outside individual to obtain certain types of personal information relating to people who had applied for credit cards and capital, uh, capital sorry, that's a total, <laughs> that was a Freudian slip, that's not true, I enjoy my Capital One cards. You, you. Are um, a cap a Capital One member? Capital One <laughs> member, yes, uh, but also credit card uh, customers. Now they're saying this affected approximately a hundred million people in the U.S., about six million people in Canada. Importantly, this is the way they say it: no credit card account numbers or login credentials were compromised, and over ninety-nine percent of social security numbers were not compromised. Wait a minute, over ninety-nine percent were not compromised, which means. This woman was able to find One. a million <laughs> right. social security numbers. It's like when they say it kills 99.9% of germs, but they're still, I mean, that 0.1% or 0.01 yes. is still significant. You didn't get all the anthrax on right. you. You just got 1% of the anthrax on <laughs> Right, exactly. So she still did get some personal information, but... Does it, I'm wondering if she is doing this just mainly for bragging rights or is she doing it for money purposes? I mean, to, to do this, to, I mean, they're calling it one of the biggest hacks in history, right? And then to go immediately into a chat forum and say, it was me, it was me, it was me. That I mean, obviously, she was smart enough to hack into this major, major database. Yeah. But So then she wouldn't be so stupid then to just go online and say, by the way, I did this. She did that calculated. That was, you know, that was on purpose. Yeah. And I, it's to the point where, I, yes, chances are everyone here, everyone listening, if you have any sort of a credit card account or anything like that, uh, online banking, your information is out there to some degree. It's just a matter of how much of it is out there. Is somebody willing to do the homework 
to get your identity, et cetera, and, and use it against you. At so. this point, I just, when I hear about these hacks and data breaches, the first thing I think now is, oh, do I get a class action settlement out of this? <laughs> Capital One does say. <laughs> it's like Equifax one happened recently. Right. And, you know, you're like, oh, hold on. Was it my bank? Let me just check in on this. Do I get do I get any kind of profit out of this situation? Capital, Capital One says they will notify people through a variety of channels and they will make free credit monitoring and identity protection available to anybody who was affected by this. All right. When we come back, this uh, strange kidnapping story from overnight that ended in downtown Seattle. The, uh, Seattle? Downtown L.A. this morning. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Black holes, solid ground, black holes, solid ground. A thousand voices set them free because this silence is killing me. I feel alive, we need the rubble. A wretched soul in a sea of trouble. I'm out of love, I'm out of love. Stop the fire. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. It is uh, Tuesday, July 30th. Some of the stories we're following, of course, tonight is round two, night one of the uh, de- of the debates. Democrats will take the stage, 10 of them tonight, 10 of them tomorrow night. President Trump does say he will be watching. Said that today before he left the White House. Uh, he also said he expects Joe Biden to be the one who will get the nomination next summer. Uh, of course, talked uh, referred to him as Sleepy Joe, but um, it's good to hear his predictions. They're important. He uh, he says that he expects that Joe, who's a little off his game, he said, is going to be the one who gets the nomination. Uh, we mentioned the uh, the security breach at Capital One Financial, the credit card company. They said 106 million people, America and Canada. In some cases, uh, there were social security and bank account numbers that were taken as well. The vast majority of them, they said, were not. But still, listen, even if the way Capital One says it, 99% of Social Security numbers were not stolen, that means there's a million Social Security numbers that were stolen. So. And those things, too, when you get when you get hacked or your identity gets stolen, that follows you forever. Yeah, that's hard, hard to, uh, to get through. All right. Uh, we were following this story very early this morning that uh, continues to be something of a mystery. A man suspected of kidnapping a woman in Monrovia uh, was taken into custody today after a standoff with police. But this is not over in any way. Now, LAPD was alerted to this by cops in Monrovia about quarter to three. They said there was a kidnapping suspect that might have made his way towards uh, L.A. city limits. The... LAPD found a gray 2017 Toyota Prius downtown, right near South Hill and 3rd Streets, and uh, tried to make contact with a guy inside, apparently in the back seat. Yeah, and he was pretending to be sleeping. Yeah. The, or I, he was really sleeping, and he was like, whew, this was exhausting. Either way, yeah, kidnapping can be tough on oh, a guy. Now, break. the way that they write this up, which is the worst way to put this, but still, I guess, as generic as possible, the man initially refused to return contact and did not come out of the vehicle. It's not clear if he was armed at the time, but one of the uh, LAPD lieutenants said they were being cautious because they treat kidnapped suspects as armed and dangerous just as a a matter of course. So armored SWAT uh, vehicles came to the location. They parked right alongside this thing. My favorite was the soundbite that Tessa played there at the top where the officer said, we just used a little 
little bit of tear gas. Just a teens. Just a boop. Just a just a just a microdose of tiny little tear gas inside to get him out. This is where the story changes, though. They didn't find anybody else inside the Prius. Well, I know so, at one point they th- they thought that she was in the Prius. Yeah, at and the time that she was in the hatchback. The guy that they're looking uh, that they found in the car, twenty-seven-year-old Robert Camus or Camau, was uh, they believe the the key suspect in the abduction of his girlfriend Amanda Custer from a home on Vaquero Road in Monrovia. They were sent to the home at about eight fifteen yesterday on a domestic violence call. At that point, they found blood at the home. And a witness told police, yeah, I saw him putting her in the cargo hold under the hatch. Yeah, but she wasn't fighting back. But it might have been because she was unconscious. Yeah, this is the way the sheriff's department described that whole scene in terms of what was going on with somebody being put in the back of a Toyota Prius. Officers learned during their initial investigation this morning that there was uh, blood at the scene. Uh, there was also a witness account that the uh, suspect had uh, placed the victim uh, under the rear cargo hatch of a 2017 gray Toyota uh, Prius. At this point, it doesn't sound like there was a scuffle of any sort when she was placed underneath the rear hatch of this uh, 2017 Prius, uh, but I don't have the exact condition, uh, whether she was uh, limp or moving at all. I don't have that detail. So they're still looking for Amanda Custer. We actually have her picture up on the website at KFIAM640.com. 31-year-old white female. She's about 5'8", 140, brown hair, green eyes. Uh, Add to all of this, the families of both of them had said that Robert and Amanda used to fight a lot. Yeah, they've definitely had some. I mean, I think they've been dating for two years, and there were several domestic violence instances that had been recorded in the past. Yeah, to the point where he was supposed to show up in a domestic violence case in court on Monday, according to the DA's office. Oh, great. Yeah, so... Is he going um, to that? Uh, no, I don't think he's going to make that one. Um, so that's unfortunate in terms of the this... Uh, to be the most cynical, we kind of know how this is going to end up, unfortunately. Yeah, and, I mean, it's in those situations where you found blood in the home, you see... You have a witness account of her being placed in in the trunk of a car or the hatchback of a car. Of course, yeah, no struggling, but you don't even know if she was conscious at that point. Now she's gone missing, and he's in custody. I mean, I, I would imagine their goal now is to just get him talking and see where this leads. But again, if you do see blood in the, in the house, then it's not a good sign. Yeah, not, with a, not with a history like that. No. All right. Um... Here's a fun story. We'll kind of lighten it up a little bit. Fun story. Who should be allowed at Disney properties around the world? No like, kids. Like Disneyland. I'm just going to go out and say it. No more kids. No more kids. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, there, is a, uh, there is a mom. And listen, I kind of, well, I'll say this. I understand her pain. Uh, there is a mom who wrote that childless millennials should be banned from Disney World. It's not fair. We'll, ex- we'll explain. <laughs> it's no fair. We her, can have fun, too. Her argument in just a moment. Gary and Shannon will continue. Allie Johnson sitting in for Shannon today. Maybe it might be time for a better day.
Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. Allie Johnson's in for Shannon today. Shannon will be back tomorrow. The uh, I hadn't seen this before. Some of the members of the 19-year-old, members of the family of the 19-year-old shooter from the Gilroy Garlic Festival, they were initially worried that he was one of the victims in the attack. Wow, really? Yeah, one of the family friends uh, said that when he heard about the shooting, he called the guy's older brother to look for him. And uh, this family friend said he was shocked later to learn that it was, in fact, the shooter that he knew. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that feeling. Can you imagine the shock and heartbreak? Yeah. I To realize that it's someone you know, not even someone you know, your own family member. Yeah, and it's almost, I mean, you're, you, you're clearly, your family is losing somebody. They've lost somebody. But it's at a totally different reason but you're never disconnected from the same event where the other people lost, uh, you know, lost children or whatever. I, I Yeah. And to be mourning over somebody that you are, of course, sad that your loved one is gone. But also you must feel a lot of shame in mourning that person because there are so many other people that are happy he's dead. And anger. Right. Anger at them. You I must mean, be imagine feeling everything. We, we've done this before, but we've talked bef- uh, about the, the mothers of the Columbine shooters. Right. The two of them have actually apparently become close just through shared trauma. They've become close uh, and to have to live with what they live with now is a a task. I don't think anybody you could you could never ask anybody to do that. You probably could never wrap your head around it. And to feel also that there are other people blaming you or criticizing the way you parented your child as if that had something to do with it. You know, some of these mothers feel so attacked by other people. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? If you saw these warning signs or your parenting skills become, you're completely under a microscope. Speaking of parenting skills, uh, shifting gears a little bit, there was a, uh, there is a, an expletive laced, Facebook post that has gone around and has been shared several thousand times, tens of thousands of times. You mean a mom on Facebook ranted about something? Gary, this is I know. unbelievable. It's Why unusual. wasn't this our top story today? Uh, Jen Cat writes, uh, reposted this, at this point, anonymous Facebook post. Jen Cat writes is not the one who wrote it. She, she on Twitter reposted this thing. Um, and it's all about going to Disney World to make children cry. I mean, specifically, this mommy is upset that other people go to Disneyland, Disney World in this case, to make children cry. And that they should not be allowed in Disneyland anymore. Any motherless women or a childless women should not be allowed to enjoy the... The, heaven the frivolity is, yes. of of Disney World that is exclusively for families. Now, I will say this. It's September 22nd is the date on the Facebook post. So this is a while ago. I don't know why, in fact, it got other than Jen Cat Wrights is the one who yeah. found it and reposted this thing recently. She but, doesn't even know how much more crowded it is now. But <laughs> think but, how upset she is now. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's the post. Oh, by the way, it was written at 1 in the morning. Ah. So you know mommy's been tipping back some Chardonnays <laughs> so, or some wine spritzers. Yeah, and... the, the Chardonnay's saying a lot of this. Here, here you go. It pisses me off to no end <laughs> when I see childless couples with, without at Disney World. DW is a family amusement park, yet these immature millennials 
throw away their money on useless crap. <laughs> they have no idea the joy and the happy happiness it is to mothers who buys their babies treats and toys. <laughs> They will never experience the exhaustion that is that it is to chase a three-year-old and get stares and assuming I'm a bad mother. Right. This we will, we will never know that. This C in some very slutty shorts was buying a <laughs> Mickey pretzel, and Aiden wanted one, but the line was very long. So I said later, and it broke his poor little heart, and he cried. And I wanted to take that effing pretzel from that tramp like, thanks, B, you made my son cry. Sad face, sad face, fat face. Emoji. DW is for children. (laughs) People without children need to be banned. Mothers with children should be allowed to skip all the line. You have no effing idea what it's like to have to stand in line for three hours with a cranky, tired, exhausted toddler. And I can't tell him that we can't do something because it's his vacation, too. (laughs) I effing hate childless women with a burning passion. Mad face, mad face, mad face, mad face, mad face, mad face, mad face. Three more. Mad face, mad face, mad face. There you go. There you go. So that's this woman's rant. Now... I totally agree with her. I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she makes some valid, but valid points. Imagine this. I'm, I'm just, in my mind, again, it says something that this was written at one in the morning. Okay. Let's assume that mom and Aiden, right? Who sounds like a little angel. Sounds like a glorious child. Mom and Aiden... Make this their vacation, and that because they don't mention, she doesn't mention any other characters outside of the little C with the slutty shorts buying the Mickey pretzel, right? And the C in the shorts buying a Mickey pretzel doesn't seem to have done anything except stand in line to buy a pretzel. No interaction, no like, I got the last Mickey pretzel, right. you nasty mommy. No, nope. like rubbing it in Aiden's she face. Just exists. Or, she just it. existed and wanted a pretzel. Now, this is at one in the morning. So Aiden and Aiden's mommy have been in the park all damn day. Their feet hurt. They're sunburned. And mommy's out of Chardonnay. (laughs) You know what makes me angry about this? I'm about to go on a Facebook rant with this woman. Because if you're talking about the volume of the people that are in line to buy Mickey pretzels, you hold on, and hold on, dear Aiden's mom, dear Aiden's mom, yeah, I want you to, okay, okay. It pisses me off to no end. <laughs> Mad face emoji. That I want to buy a GD Mickey pretzel, and you, and all of your children are. Tripling and quadrupling the amount of people that are in line because you decided to procreate so many damn times. I am but one lady in short shorts because it's 100 degrees outside and I want to go on the log ride. I need but one pretzel to make me happy. But one. You need but 17. Pretzel emoji, pretzel emoji, pretzel 17. (laughs) 
Now, and no, I don't know what it's like to, to chase around a tired three-year-old across the park all day. I don't really choose. To, I don't. I have not made that choice yet in my life. But what about all the infertile women who just love Disneyland and want to go to Disneyland? Yeah, she hates all those people too. The idea that I would allow—I've had days where my kids have controlled my emotions, and my wife has had days where her kids control our emotions. They can be 19 years old, and their activities can control your emotions. Right. But I'm not going to go to Facebook <laughs> and complain to a million other people. That, that have nothing to do with it. That I have fallen prey to the power of a child controlling my emotions and then blame everybody else for it. If you're pro- If Aiden is the angel that he appears to be. That she has portrayed him as such. Such a lovely child, cranky, sitting for three hours in life. Don't go to Disney World. Right. I mean, I read this and said, well, you shouldn't be at Disney World. If you because you had a horrible time. Here's the thing. It's never a surprise when you go to Disney World and your kid is cranky standing in line for that long. You can't then go, "Uh, uh, it changed him. Right. He kicked Goofy in the shins. He did. (laughs) Uh, Katy Perry news when we come back. I've never said that before and probably will never say it again, but there's uh, this ongoing music copywriting issue. Who steals music from who and why it's such a problem in Hollywood and the music industry? We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. It's crazy. By the way, Blake, you are officially on the MLB trade deadline desk. Oh, okay. So keep an eye on I stuff. I thought you were say I was on the trading block. No, you're not. Oh. <laughs> no, because our trade deadline I don't think comes up until October, Ooh. if I'm not mistaken. I think it's October 12th. Well, i got to keep a bag packed for the next couple months. Well, it's just, we'll just see how the winds are blowing. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. The Gary and Shannon Show, KFI AM 640. 1230 is when we get into Swamp Watch, and we'll talk more about one of the big stories today, of course, is the upcoming debate. Round two, night one, starts at 5 o'clock in Detroit, the historic Fox Theater. Uh, Keeping score, Williamson, Ryan, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, O'Rourke, Hickenlooper, Delaney, and Bullock. All the white people. On tonight's day, it is a pretty white white offering uh, for tonight. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit more diverse. Uh, the president does say he will be watching the debate, especially tonight. He did uh, say today that he expects that Joe Biden is going to get the uh, Democratic nomination. And then uh, the story out of Sacramento today is that Gavin Newsom has signed a law that requires presidential candidates to release their tax returns before they can be listed on the state's primary ballot. Wow. Clearly aimed at Donald Trump because Gavin Newsom has such a boner for Donald Trump and can't do anything without trying to poke that guy in the eye. But... Probably not the right way to put it. Now that I say that, I heard myself saying it. Is anyway, oh Donald Trump has refused to uh, release his tax return, saying that he is being audited right now. There's no, there's no requirement that he doesn't if, while he's being audited. The IRS doesn't do that. But this is going to go to court. And here's the other part about it: even if California wins, Donald Trump does not care that he's not going to be on the ballot for a primary in California, at least not this go around. No, yeah, so, that's not exactly his target place to win voters. Yeah. 
This has been going on for ever, even before he got elected. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, this has just been dragging on and on and on and on. But Do you, you think we will ever see these tax returns? No. I don't think so either. And even if you did, I mean, I have a hard time understanding my tax returns. <laughs> what am I going to see in that guy's things that I'm going to go, oh, my gosh. He pays for vivisections on hamsters? <laughs> Katy Perry lost Same. in court. <laughs> lost in court yesterday. A jury found that her 2013 hit Dark Horse improperly copied a 2009 Christian rap song called Joyful Noise by Flame, featuring Lecrae, um, in a unanimous decision. Now, this is a very... It's one of these rare cases where a big, big superstar like this releases a song that somebody goes, gosh, that sounds familiar. And then they sue and then they win. It's one of those rare cases. Yeah, because usually I remember this happening with Kelly Clarkson and the Friday night song Mm -hmm. with the NFL. And those sounded very similar to me. And I don't think they thought that this songwriter had a case at all. So the fact that, and this is just the beat. This isn't even the lyrics. Right. It's just it's just the beat. Now, listen, this is the Katy Perry song. Okay, right? Here is Flame, featuring Lecrae, Joyful Noise. That's not the same. Okay. But if I slow it down and put one over the other, sort of like a mashup. Oh, that's just a great collab. Both songs together here. Really? You know what it is. Good job, Dick Gary. This is just a great jam. Well, it's what I do in my off time. <laughs> kind of a club DJ on the side. Again, Jesus is awesome. Now, the thing is, they have to figure out what they're going to do. The, her attorneys argued that the song sections in question do represent a kind of simple music element. It's just... There's a lot of that that goes around. There's a lot of that that's ex- that exists in other songs throughout um, music world. Yeah, they they mentioned that it's it's almost as simple as Mary had a little lamb. Well, when you think about it, they they describe it as the alphabet of music. And when you think about, it, there are only a certain number of notes that are going to be available to people. Like there are a certain number of letters that are available in the English alphabet. Sure. So. Are we are we to the point where we're running out of combinations of those notes? I mean, I don't know about that necessarily. I mean, there yes, there are like the alphabet. There are only a certain number of notes and chords out there. And if you think of this song in terms of just chord progression, they are very similar. But then again, it's like with I always think about jokes on Twitter too. When there's a big story that comes out, like say this dark horse story, there's going to be a bunch of comedians and a bunch of people making jokes. There are going to be people making the same jokes, and then you can go to that person and say, you stole my joke, you stole my joke, but it's whether the person even knew that that joke already existed. Trust me. That's where, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. The the, the issue of that, I mean, the argument 
in that context was that his attorneys, this is Flame, his official name was uh, uh, Marcus Gray, or his real name is Marcus Gray. They said that they had to demonstrate that Joyful Noise had some sort of wide dissemination. Yes, it's Christian rap. Yes, it's a very specific style of music. But that doesn't mean that nobody heard it. It may not have been commercially successful in that people weren't running out to buy it. But they had millions of of listens on Spotify. They had millions of views on YouTube. So the jury agreed that the song was distributed widely enough that the the people who wrote Dark Horse might have heard it. That's the other thing is how do you prove that they did hear it or didn't hear it? Because even if they – was somebody a flame featuring Lecrae fan – And they went, you know what, this is great, but no one's going to know I stole it because it's only Christian rap. Or did they hear it and never really got it out of their head but couldn't necessarily say that they – No, 100%. That it was was the seed that that was planted that eventually led to the Dark Horse version. I mean, have you ever had an instance where you say something and then you think, oh, this sounds familiar. Oh, wait, I actually already heard this from somebody. Yes. You know, I do that to my wife all the time. And then I'll say something and they'll be like, I told you that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> like, what oh. oh so no. it's but it's subconscious. It's not like I'm going, Oh, I'm gonna steal what this person's saying. I'm subconsciously stealing it because I have a horrible memory. <laughs> By the way, the right answer to that, uh, the right response to that is I knew it sounded smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the way good you response. Do it. Uh, I've also been informed that I was wrong. It was Carrie Underwood, not Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. When we come back, this uh, this a way to disown your children and uh, get some money for it. I mean, technically, it's a loophole to get your kids into college and get some of the stuff paid for. But if you're looking to disown your kids, here's <laughs> another, chance. Here's another, uh, another avenue for that. Gary and Shannon will continue. Allie Johnson sitting in for Shannon today. This must be love. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. You can also listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. We've uh, followed a bunch of stories. We'll talk more at 1230 when we get into Swamp Watch about the debate tonight. Round two, night one of the debates for the uh, Democratic candidates. Ten of them on stage tonight, ten on stage tomorrow. president said he will be watching the debates tonight. He has nothing on his public schedule outside of the uh, event that he did today in Virginia, but he's already on his way back to D.C. Capital One Financial, the credit card company, says that they had a uh, security breach information for about 106 million people. Uh, One of the largest security breaches of a major U.S. financial institution, 33-year-old woman from South Seattle was the one who was arrested and charged with all of this. Well, we've talked a lot about Operation Varsity Blues, the uh, the ongoing college admissions scandal. Soon to be a lifetime movie. I sure hope so. It will. It is. They're making it. Are they really? Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of arguments about, I mean, how much do you hold these parents responsible for a, a 
grab your Kleenex. Um, they're just trying to make their lives better for their kids. <laughs> and these innocent children didn't know. They just didn't. Just, just, just didn't know. Well, here's a new one. And this one I had not heard before, um, but I assume it's probably been an issue. The Wall Street Journal talked about this, and it's been picked up in a couple of other different places. The Education Department is looking into a tactic where wealthy parents will transfer the legal guardianship of their children to relatives or even friends. That are poor. (laughs) Yeah, so that the teenagers can then claim financial aid see when i i read this it's you know i read that parents are giving up guardianship or disowning their children so that their income looks bad and that they can get financial aid i was thinking oh well if a kid is 16 17 years old then who's gonna you know that kid is now needs a guardian so how does that work out i didn't realize that it was them passing the kid off to somebody that they know who is not as financially well off and how do you go up to that person and say, hey... I have an idea. I'm, hey, you're poor, right? Uh, you know, I have a query for you. Well, listen, even if it was... Even if you're transferring your your guardianship... If I were to call a, one of my sisters and go, hey, listen, I'm a wildly successful radio host. And everybody <laughs> knows how much money you can make in radio... And you are a lowly teacher. Why don't you legally adopt my daughter? And then you uh, would be the one who oversaw all of her financial aid applications. Yeah. What do I get out of this? <laughs> the, the knowledge that what? I think you're poor. That's what you get out of it. There was, you get shame? There was one Chicago area woman who told the Wall Street Journal she transferred guardianship of her then 17-year-old daughter to her business partner last year. Oh. Because her household income was greater than a quarter million dollars a year. She said she and her husband have spent about 600000 putting several other children through college, and they don't have any equity left in their home. The value, or they don't have any equity in their home. It's valued at $1.2 million. She said she doesn't have any cash on hand and little saved for her daughter's education. Whose damn fault is that? And, I mean, when I read this, I was like, okay, well, that's it's one thing if you are, if you cannot afford to put your kid through college, maybe you are middle class or, you know, you just don't have the money. You don't make a lot of money. And in order to give your kid a decent college education, this is a loophole that you can get through. That's one thing. To make this much money per year and to already have put other kids through college, I mean, I didn't realize that this was a problem the 1% was having. I would say it, uh, I I would say... like, no, you actually do have the money to put your kid through college. Right. You're just not planning right that's the thing and when we talk about money i think there's so many people who are willing to just say well i just don't have the money for that i can't afford this or that well but but what can you afford i mean you have stacks of amazon boxes coming to your house every day you have a gym membership you never use you're paying for uh, insurance policies that are wildly overinflated why is it that you say you don't have the money to do this. If you've already if you've already put six kids through college or whatever, 
you obviously do have something going on. And if you're making a quarter million dollars a year, maybe maybe it's that little Susie needs to lower her expectation about where she's going to be going to school. Yeah. And if the person that you're approaching is your business partner. Right. <laughs> There's that. Also. And they're making enough peanuts. Then the, maybe there's something wrong there. And by the way, according to uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, a lot of this is perfectly legal. <laughs> Unless, well, yeah, they just don't know if it's ethical. Well, it's clearly not ethical. Uh, it's it's if you're lying on a lot of your uh, you know paperwork in terms of who your parents are and income levels and that sort of thing. That's when you're going to get into fraud and potentially perjury as well. But but at the you know sort of the the. 10,000 foot look at this, it's not illegal to do. It's just horribly unethical. All right, we'll do uh, trending stories when we come back. Uh, All of the things that are being shared on social media today. When we continue, Allie Johnson in for Shannon today on the Gary and Shannon Show. You can be cool, you can be shy, say what you want. Shannon on this uh, Tuesday, July 30th, KFI AM 640. Shannon's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Our friend Allie Johnson slid in one more time to see how things are going. <laughs> Keeping her seat warm. Follow uh, follow Allie on Twitter at your Allie Johnson. Not you are. I noticed you grammatically correctly no. wrote <laughs> your Allie Johnson. Yeah, there's no apostrophe. Not just saying you are Allie Johnson. Don't confuse people now. You're Allie Johnson. Because Allie Johnson. Me? Nope. Okay. Who? Who is this woman? Who? Well, there are a lot of Allie Johnsons in this world, it turns out. So there are Allie Johnsons one all the way through a (laughs) hundred. And then there's the Allie Johnson. And then there's it's Allie Johnson. And there's so many. And only one, your Allie Johnson. Exactly. That's me. Uh, when we get into uh, some of the big stories that we're following, we'll talk more in 1230's uh, Swamp Watch segment about the debate coming up, about President Trump's comments today, both incoming and outgoing, when he left the White House and then came back to the White House from the event that he did today. We'll talk about all of that um, at the 1 o'clock hour. Alex Stone is going to join us. and We're going to update you on the uh, the Gilroy Festival shooting. That also starts our trending segment today. Time for What's Happening. Gavin Newsom spent some time talking with uh, victims of the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooting and made comments about gun control, specifically about the need for uh, society in general to get serious about gun control. And he said, you can't put board... He kind of went into a word salad thing. He said... You can't put borders up, speaking of borders, to a neighboring state where you can buy this damn stuff legally. How the hell is how in the hell is that possible? I have no problem with the Second Amendment. You have a right to bear arms, but not weapons of goddamn mass destruction. Those are the words of the governor. Yeah, he I mean, he gets angry. He does. seems like he's lost his voice like seven years ago. Oh, he's do not start me on his voice. Oh, his, yeah folksy nature he tries to be a man of the people but i mean obviously he's referencing the fact that this person was it was legally allowed to obtain 
an automatic weapon and then bring it into California, which was not legal, but still possible. Yeah. And you can't. First of all, he could not buy that weapon here. That's why he went to Nevada to get it. It was illegal for him to bring it back here. He couldn't possess it here, which is also uh, clearly illegal. Um, And this. If you're a. If you were, I don't know why anybody would necessarily need to know this, but there's some discrepancy apparently about what kind of weapon it was. Originally, they said it was a WASR-10, which is a Romanian-built weapon that looks like an AK-47. Then they corrected the statement last night and said that the rifle he used was an AK-47 variant. There were also terms originally yesterday morning that they said it was an SKS. Listen. All of those would technically have been illegal in the state of California anyway um, because they're all semi-automatic weapons that meet the certain criteria that would considered would be considered a assault weapon under the state law. Right. And just puts in everybody's mind once again, which a lot of these shootings do, as to what the limits should be. I mean, having a handgun in your home is one thing for protection. You know, a lot of people feel that that's appropriate. And there are hunting, you know, there are an amount of guns that are used for hunting purposes. But then these semi-automatic weapons, these, you know, actually says assault rifle. Those are the ones that people question whether those should even exist within the federal, within the United States. Uh, There was a shooting in uh, Walmart in Mississippi as well. We talked about that earlier today. The store was in South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, a suspect and an officer who responded to the scene were shot and being treated at local hospitals. The The officer was wearing a bulletproof vest. They said they're doing fine, but that's got to hurt like hell. The condition of the suspect not known. They said uh, two victims killed, the names of the two victims killed have not been released, and they still don't know a motive for this. Uh, just the outside looking in, it seems like this is some sort of a domestic incident where somebody goes in and targets people that they know specifically for whatever reason. Well, uh, the uh, U.S. soccer president, Carlos Cordero, has dropped a letter and a fact sheet that supports claim that his federation invests more heavily in women's soccer than it does men's. Uh, Immediately afterwards, the women's national team said that's BS. And today, the men's national team players association has has followed suit, issuing a strong statement in support of the women's team. So, uh all of this is arguing about what sort of pay needs to be made. The women, of course, win the World Cup and make, I think it's $100,000 a piece, basically. The men, when they don't win the World Cup, make Which a lot more money. they haven't forever. Forever. It's, uh, they're different. The, on, in terms of the, the world scale, the women's team is ridiculously good. And right. the American men's team is like, oh, the, I didn't know we had a team. Could you even name one player? Current player? Right. No. No. But, I mean, people know the women's soccer team. They've known, people have known Megan Rapinoe for quite a while. They've been performing well for a number of years. And I think that with this most recent win, it's amazing that this is what they're focusing on and that they're not letting up. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but Blake, our official trade deadline representative, did find out that Jill Ellis, the coach of the women's national team, is out. Oh. But I don't know if it has anything to do with this or it's just time. I mean, 
Especially. I think she's been there a long time, right? Yeah. She's one of the only coaches to have won two World Cups. It's a pretty good. Uh, oh, pretty well, good and get rid of her. Yeah, well, she just did. She rejected to renew her contract. Oh. It was supposed to go through twenty twenty. But yeah, why would she walk away from winning two times? Like, why wouldn't she try to go for repeat? She wants to go to Disney World. Uh, a drone has made a successful commercial delivery in the Bahamas for the first time. Went over fifty miles over land and water in twenty eight minutes. They said uh, it took off vertically, landed the same way. Uh, this is a. I just finished reading a book that somebody sent me because we were talking about drones. Uh, and it's it's called the book is called Indefensible. It talks about drones being used for the terrorism. Oh no! So this is almost more terrifying than Bummer. it is. Yeah, helpful. Right now, I think they're just being used to like deliver weed. Right? Yeah. Is that what this is for? Weed and delivery pizza. to the pizza bomb. first, and then the weed. <laughs> uh, can J Lo drive? Is trending right now. In a in a video posted on her YouTube channel. Monday, titled, A Day in My Life, My Birthday, Oh, How Horrible It Must Be, A-Rod, her boyfriend, or fiancé, sorry, is seen surprising his superstar fiancé with a $140,000 Porsche. She responds saying, what the hell? What is that? I've never had a car like this in my life. I've never driven a car before. Well, she grew up in New York, yeah, so I get it. Right. I mean, I lived in New York for a while and I met a lot of people that had never driven a car before because there was really no point. Why? Why would I learn to drive? I mean, I met people in their 20s and 30s that had never driven a car and they'd never taken the driving test. They'd never even taken the permit test. They're just like, it's kind of a waste of time. I yeah. take the subway everywhere. But in California, we would beat them and hide their body in the desert somewhere for saying something like that. I had a, I had a neighbor... Uh, a guy who grew up in New York, uh, he's he's close to eighty years old now. Never, I mean, he, and he's lived in California since he was in his thirties. Never Still? once bothered to get a driver's license. Wow, didn't have to, didn't. But it's like at a certain point when you get old enough, you just start going. Ugh. <laughs> <You're just getting laughs> easy. Yeah, it's like uh, saying you've never learned to swim. Well, speaking eventually, of, you're just like, no, oh, why? Speaking of giving up. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> A woman in England has has decided that she's going to marry her golden retriever. So on a morning show today, she married her dog li- uh, live on TV. So this is, uh, according to homophobes, this is what's next. <laughs> no, that's not what this is. <laughs> um, Logan, the golden retriever, uh, kissed the... Kissed his bride. Oh. He was wearing a little top hat, though. It's cute. No, it's not cute. <laughs> There's nothing about this. Did uh, you watch this video? The dog looks terrified. Yeah, see, that's he my... He should be. That's my problem, is that this animal doesn't want this. I think we all... I mean, you can see the fear in this dog's eyes. Where's PETA? <laughs> Where is PETA? When we... They're talking about... I mean, the, if they're talking about fight worth fighting, this dog doesn't necessarily... This dog can't consent to this marriage. That's a good point. Can't say I do. Or can they? That would that would be a big... <laughs> that would also... Anyway. When that we would come happen back, in a rom-com. When we come back to the Gary and Shannon show, uh, two words. Tickle therapy. All those things I should do, but you did.
AM 640. Swamp Watch comes up at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, we talk about politics. That will include discussions of tonight's first of two debates, the Democratic candidates. The debate begins four hours, 36 minutes, and 25 seconds from now, according to the uh, latest (laughs) clock on CNN. A uh, man with a supposed history of domestic violence was arrested today in downtown L.A., the SWAT team had to use tear gas to get him out of the back seat of a Prius. Just a bit. He was just a little bit. Yeah, the, he was accused of kidnapping his girlfriend in Monrovia. They think. A witness said that there was a fight yesterday. That he was seen putting her in the back of the Prius, uh, but she was not resisting, which could mean one of a couple of things. But yeah, but even if you're not resisting, why would you put them in the trunk? Because she couldn't resist? Right. Yeah. It's just... They haven't found her, by the way. That's the other thing. Is That's the other part of that story. They have not found her yet. Uh, also, there is a fire. We've talked a lot about being this the potential for this to be a bad fire season because of the amount of rain and the growth that we saw. Well, there is a fire that's burning up in Northern California, they said, near Highway 139 in Dry Lake in Modoc County. That, if you've never traveled in California, that's the part where there's nothing. Uh, but it's still, they said, close to 13,000 acres as of today. It just started on Sunday. Ugh. Tickle. Tickle therapy. Uh, tickling. Oh, I think I'll tickle him. He'll tickle. feel that, I'm sure. Tickle, 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 tickle. Scientists have found that a short daily therapy delivered for two weeks led to both physiological and well-being improvements, including a better quality of life, mood, and sleep. That specifically, tickling the ear... With a small electrical current appears to rebalance the autonomic nervous system for people over the age of 55. (laughs) So tickling old people makes them live longer. (laughs) Sounds fun. They call it transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation. Small painless electrical current to the ear sends a signal to the body's nervous system through the vagus nerve um, that it may slow down an important effect associated with aging. I don't know about you, but when I get tickled, I am instantly angry. I know people like that. I really hate it. That is very funny. (laughs) To me, that's a funny reaction. I think my my wife had this little claw-looking thing that has little tiny knobby wheels on it, and she was rubbing it on her her calf the other night. Is it Um, supposed to be like a massager type thing? Yeah, a little Uh tiny massage, a little plastic thing. It's about the size of your hand. Just hold it, you know, you just rub it like that on your leg and break up the facial something. I don't know. And uh, so then I, let me try that. And I did it and I went, I can't can't do it. I can't do it. It tickles. Yeah. And she said, well, it doesn't tickle. No, no, I swear. It completely tickled. You can't, I can't do it and keep my legs still at the same time. Well, maybe you're not relaxed enough. Do you like getting massages? Because that's another thing is that if somebody I don't isn't, get yeah. I don't get tickled when I get a massage. But well, I'm also then you're going not, the wrong places. But, <laughs> but I'm also not a huge fan of them. Uh-huh. There's a certain level of comfort that I do not have with some stranger who's like, "Okay, now take off your pants." Or I mean, you know, mm. never mind. Blake, you ever gotten a massage? Never paid for one, no. Oh, oh, never mind. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I uh, I love massages. I will get one any old time. When I went on my honeymoon in Thailand, I got one every single day. And they don't tickle. 
You're, no. That's not a tickle thing. No, it's just a pain thing. Time massage, that's their MO, is pain. It's killing you while you, while you lay there. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, as we age and we fight disease, the body's balance changes such that the sympathetic branch begins to dominate. So this imbalance, they say, makes us more susceptible to new diseases, leads to the breakdown of healthy bodily function as we get older. And they've talked about the use of electrical currents to influence our nervous system specifically. And the vagus nerve has often been used for electrical stimulation. Uh, and, and they've looked at the possibility of using vagus nerve stimulation to tackle depression, epilepsy, obesity, stroke, tinnitus, and heart conditions, or tinnitus, depending on who you listen to, through the screeching in your ears. But they're saying that this kind of stimulation specifically this transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation, it's a tickle on the ear is how you perceive it. And that somehow it leads to physiological and well-being improvements. So does this mean that in your local store you will see right next to the water picks and the floss Mm -hmm. an ear-tickling device? A transcutaneous vagus nerve (laughs) stimulator? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Safeway might, Select brand. Might be in sort of the back area where you'd also find some adult aids yeah, of some kind. Or like, <laughs> right. Do you think they tried it on like a variety of body parts? And like, is like the accompanying right. article like, but if you do it to your armpit, it, it drastically decreases life? It just makes you mad. Like, oh. Allie gets mad <laughs> yeah. when she gets tickled. Is it kneecap? No. Is it pinky? No. How long have they been working on this? Or do they just have like simultaneously like, 300 different groups. Right. All Everyone's got a different body different part. spots. Yeah. <laughs> or is someone like, guys, we're shutting down the funding on the ear tickling thing. It's just not working. <laughs> no, no, no. I believe in this. We're just not hitting the that right would spot. Be a good, that would be a good movie. <laughs> yeah. With Benedict Cumberbatch as the lone scientist right. who knows. Sandra that. Bullock's doing something, too. Uh, all right. We come back. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon will continue. I guess you're in Blake, stop the music. Stop the music. John Delaney just showed up to the Fox Theater in Detroit to try out his podium for tonight's debate. Oh, so glad we have this breaking news. Thank you, Gary. Is it working? So far, it's working. Okay, we can continue the music. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. Uh, Allie Johnson's in for Shannon today. She'll be uh, back tomorrow. That is, the Shannon will be back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, she's nursing a horrible cold uh, slash Chardonnay. A cold Chardonnay. It wouldn't be a horrible Chardonnay. You know that. Uh, she's pretty picky when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> we'll get into Swamp Watch here in a moment. I just want to let you up to uh, let you know there are a couple other stories we're following, including the security breach at Capital One. Uh, the credit card company, they said personal information of about 106 million people was compromised. They will let you know, they said, uh, if you, in fact, were on that list. And they'll give you some couple of different things that you can do to fight back. Gavin Newsom signed a law to require presidential candidates to release their tax returns before they can be listed on the state's primary ballot. Of course, it's aimed squarely at Donald Trump, although... What if Donald Trump doesn't show up on the California primary ballot? Nothing. Nothing happens. Um, And then later, next hour, we're going to talk about Jessica Alba, the actress and now businesswoman whose Twitter account was hacked into a couple days ago, had her Instagram account hacked into and then filled with a bunch of pro-Nazi tweets. Sorry, 
Instagram comments. And the hacker, whoever it was, begged Jessica Alba for forgiveness, which would be just the thing that you would want to do if you were Jessica Alba. <laughs> and you wanted people to think that it, your account was hacked. Exactly. See? That's what I'm saying. Conspiracy throw, theory. Throw people it off has the not been hacked at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love you, Jessica Alba. So much. But you're a Nazi? <laughs> okay, makes sense. Swamp Watch, here you go. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, the president today held an event in uh, Virginia, and before he left, spent some time answering questions of reporters right outside the White House before he boards Marine One. There's got to be somebody who suggests to the president, just in terms of the audio quality of all of this, you don't stand next to a giant Sikorsky helicopter while you're trying to shout questions and answers to people. It's hard to it's hard to follow. Now that you're here, can you answer a few questions over <sighs> the blaring over the sound of a giant engines. turbine? Also, um, I'm noticing that you know how they always show those side by sides of the president when they started office and then when they left. <laughs> yes. I feel like they always end up, you know, looking like, looking like they've old. aged fifteen years. Yeah, for me, he just looks more and more orange, which e- with each passing he's, year, he's not changing. Listen, uh, criticize the guy all you want; he has not aged, <laughs> no. not one bit in the last four, or three, or four years. Yeah. I think uh, he's gotten plenty of sun. I don't know if that's real sun. <laughs> I don't know if that's real sun. It's just uh, a lot of bronzer. The president was asked a couple of things, um, and a lot of it had to do with trade. He was suggesting that China's not holding up its end of the deal when it comes to the trade agreements that they have made. He was also asked a lot, of course, about uh, Baltimore, his comments about Elijah Cummings, about West Baltimore and the conditions thereof. And he said... uh, I am the least racist person there is anywhere in the world. He encouraged the oversight committee, led by the chairman, Elijah Cummings, to investigate Baltimore. What Elijah Cummings should do is he should take his oversight committee, bring him down to Baltimore, and invest all of the, and really study the billions and billions of dollars that's been stolen. It's been wasted. It's been stolen. They ought to take that beautiful waste of an oversight committee, go down to Baltimore and other Democratic-run cities, and take a look, see if you can find the billions that have been stolen. And then finally, at the right time, I'll visit. But the people of Baltimore are very thankful. They have let us know by the thousands of people because of the fact that finally somebody is pointing out how corrupt Baltimore is, how billions and billions of dollars have been stolen. And the ones that like it the best, what I'm doing, are African-American voters. Those are the ones. Thank you. Uh, He did say that he has heard from the White House uh, in general, has heard from thousands of people who have thanked him for pointing out what is viewed as waste and corruption in places like Baltimore. Thousands of people in such a short amount of time. Well, he he was asked whether he felt he was hurting himself with these comments about Baltimore, whether he's hurting himself by going after Elijah Cummings, etc. And he said that he's helping himself. He says, I think I'm helping myself because I'm pointing out the corruption 
Uh, and then when I just say the White House and myself, we've received phone calls from people in Baltimore and other cities thanking me. It's, I think you can make the argument on both sides of that, as weird as that sounds. It's a divisive whatever. It doesn't matter how you feel about the tweet that he sent out about Elijah Cummings and the conditions in Baltimore. It's divisive. It's no, divisive it, in that there's nobody who looks at that and goes like this. Eh, whatever. There's people who go, you know what? That place is a crap hole. That is an, an s-hole. There are rats all over the place. It does smell like dead animals. There are buildings that need to be torn down. There are there are job opportunities that need to be extended to these people. And then there are other people who say, well, you can't say that because it is a uh, a minority majority area of a major city and that's what you're going to see in those places but there are other people stepping forward and say i love my city oh sure and i'm and, and there and there are people who grew up in those neighborhoods who say i'm fine i yeah, did don't okay. call my I, my city hell to live in right that is vermin infested disgusting hell hole but if the mayor of baltimore says that it's vermin and it's disgusting and you can smell dead animals and we should tear these buildings down why is that different and I, I know it is but and it's more of an exercise in just playing this out because remember we yesterday we talked about how Bernie Sanders in 2015 described walking around Baltimore and saying it looks more like a third world country than it does a place a city in the United States of America. Now the reason that he says that and it's not construed as racist for a couple of reasons. Number one, he said it in front of six prominent African American lawmakers who were on this walking tour with him. And that gives at least the impression. I don't know anything about Bernie Sanders or his uh, outreach to inner cities. At least it gives the impression that he's willing to do something about it. The president would make, I shouldn't say a million friends, but he would make a big difference if he followed through on what he said at the beginning of one of those, uh, this comment, I think it is. At the right time, I'll visit. He says at the right time, I'll visit. The question was, are you going to go to Baltimore? Right. It doesn't take that far to get to Baltimore from Washington, D.C. No. And I think the important distinction here is that I don't think that President Donald Trump is saying this because he really cares about Baltimore. It was an attack on Elijah Cummings yes. more than it was the city of it Baltimore. It wasn't, hey, why don't we point out something that this city does need? Yes, right. there is corruption. Yes, it is disgusting. Yes, these buildings do need to be torn down. It wasn't because he cared about making that better. It was oh, it was to benefit him and to point the finger at this one person that is saying, you know, that, that already that said like. negative. Right, yeah. exactly. That was saying negative things about him and the, and the border crisis. That's what fueled this fire. It's not, oh, hey, why don't I actually go? Like, he doesn't want to go to Baltimore. Right. It wasn't, I saw a sad story about the conditions no. of life in Baltimore, and I want to make that better. And then to have this tweet, everybody going back and forth and figuring out, oh, is this racist? And what what is this connotation? Well, why don't we break it down and decide whether this is racist or not? And, you know, the squad tweet, is this racist? Oh, the yes, it's blatantly racist. Oh, no, I don't think it's racist. But the fact that we're all having this conversation and spending so much time figuring out whether or not the president is racist, and if so, how racist he is, is ridiculous in and of itself. And why it, do we have to, why is that what we're focusing a, on? And nothing is accomplished right. at the end of it. When we come back, speaking of nothing being accomplished, debate tonight, first night of two nights of debate. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Allie Johnson is in for Shannon today.
Shannon. KFI AM 640. One of the things the president did say before he left the White House this morning was that he will be watching the debates. He said he expects Joe Biden to be the one who runs away with the nomination. Actually, he said he would limp across the finish line, I think is the way he put it, uh, that he's not performing as well as he used to. Um, But speaking of the debates, tonight is the first of two nights of debates on uh, CNN. They're going to see at the nice, beautiful Ford Fox Theater. Sorry, they're in Detroit. Don't you dare. Sorry. (laughs) And uh, they're talking about having reduced time for people who interrupt. Oh, consequences. Yes. And I'm looking at you again, Bill de Blasio. They're saying that people from New York tend to have more interruptions than other people. So Bill de Blasio, survival tactic. It has to be right. Yes. Uh, but they're saying the candidate who consistently interrupts will be penalized by having his or her time reduced. Well, Kristen Gillibrand definitely did that a lot in the first debate. She was over talking every time limit she had because they knew with forty thousand people on the stage, you're going to have to do something to stand out. Right. It and- was, and it was to the point where Kamala Harris, if you remember from the first one, said something like. Uh, they don't want to see us up here in a food fight. They want us. They see want to hear how we're going to put food on our table. Right. Why are you rolling your eyes? Because she wrote that about six weeks ago. It wasn't an impromptu. She didn't even deliver the line well. Yeah, but that's why. That's why you prep, so you can deliver your zingers. That was a pretty weak limp zinger. Then I mean, the that that little girl was me. That was all. No, that was not a limp zinger. That one was a. That was. Oh, yeah. That came on the end of a story that had some importance. Right, to it. and they had uh, imagery ready to put to tweet out. Sure, I think they have t- t-shirts, t-shirts and everything. everything. That was all ready to go. That was in the canon. Um, it will be interesting to say to see how they do this. This you know penalizing fe- people for interrupting. They didn't say how much their time would be reduced if the rule was violated. But could you imagine if somebody, if one of the moderators tonight, Jake Tapper, or Wolf Blitzer, somebody holds up a yellow card? Like, <laughs> throws uh, a flag. Mayor de Blasio, you have just lost 12 seconds off of your uh, your time. Or or they just keep a clock. for You can interrupt, but however long your interruption is, is how much time you're reduced on the next answer that you're supposed to But have. do you think that they would even follow that? You know, no, like you're going to you get 12 not. less seconds. Oh, OK, your, your thanks a lot, up, Mr. Mayor. I'm um, going to just keep talking. How's right. that sound? Uh, the debate it's, is going to start tonight at 5 p.m. And if you're keeping score at home and you want to write down sort of a uh, little cards to keep track of who is who. Marianne Williamson, the spiritualist and author, will be on your left and then going from left to right. Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. Mayor Pete Buttigieg of Indiana, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, former Congressman Beto O'Rourke of Texas, former Governor Hickenlooper from Colorado, former Governor, uh, sorry, former Congressman John Delaney from Maryland, and then uh, Governor Steve Bullock of Montana picking up the right-hand side. Quick there. Uh, question. Yes. You said Marianne Williamson is a uh, spiritualist. Yes. How much does that pay? How much can I get? Like, if I wanted to change, she's Oprah's spiritualist. She like, makes so... bank. So she probably does well, wow. and she's written several books. Oh, that do you have, have to write books to books help? Oh, yeah, yeah, and manifesting vision boards. You know, I think that's how she's gotten to where she is now. Vision Ooh. boards. Does she have like a vision board store yeah. somewhere? You can go in and buy a pre-made vision. That yeah. looks like stuff I want. Pick out a stack of magazines. Go through and cut out your stuff. 
the uh, tomorrow night's debate is going to be, I think, more interesting and the, probably the more watched one because it will have Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker, among others. But but those three right there at the center of the stage tonight. The real fireworks, it appears, could potentially be between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And I can't believe I just said fireworks because. <laughs> If you've ever tried to light one of those uh, sparkle cones underneath a bucket of water, it's more likely what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think that everyone's anticipating that they're going to go at each other, and I really don't see that happening. Plus, I think that it could make for more problems for them later that they wouldn't want to deal with. And I think it would be nitpicky at this point. This is almost like just play it safe. Yeah. Don't don't say anything wrong, especially for those two, because they're going to make it into the next round already based on their polling and their fundraising. When Bernie Sanders was asked about what he admires about Elizabeth Warren, he was asked by uh, CNN's Poppy Harlow. Everyone's comparing you to Senator Elizabeth Warren. You often say she is my friend. Uh, Let's end with something you admire about her. What is the thing you admire most about Senator Elizabeth Warren as you get ready to take her on on the debate stage? Well, Senator Warren is a friend of mine, and I admire the fact that we have worked together uh, over the years. Uh, on a number of issues. (laughs) Anything specific? She even laughs at this. Listen. Well, look, we have worked together on a number of issues, uh, and she is a very good senator. Even Poppy Harlow's like, She's like, oh, okay, buddy. you're avoiding this. Oh, he is a, an expert when it comes to completely avoiding questions <laughs> at all costs. He also strikes me as one of those people. Johnson in for Shannon today. Neil Saavedra has joined us for the Fork Report. John and Ken, of course, coming up in a few minutes. They're going to have more on uh, the shooting in Gilroy from Sunday night, some of the details that have been learned about the uh, the shooter in that case. Um, and then, of course, the debate, Democratic debate, night one is tonight in uh, Detroit. And uh, they'll have more information as they get closer to the, uh, I guess, what do you call the first, it's not the kickoff or the first pitch or the tip-off. Or the puck drop. I don't even know what you would say the debate is. How do you begin the debate? Is it Bernie Sanders' first dandruff flake falls, and that's uh, the sign to begin the clock? Uh, they all watch. Is it sort of slowly, just like a leaf, like Forrest like, Gump's feather? Yeah, I'm just thinking about the, the opening of Forrest Gump. It's like uh, it just floats down. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, some of the weird food combinations that we're talking about that you wouldn't necessarily think would be good, but that a lot of people. Have tried whether here's the other part about it. How do you accidentally try some of this stuff and then go, you know what? How does it start? On second thought. Well, yeah. Desperation. Some, somebody shoved dry leaves into a paper roll once and said, uh, we should smoke this. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to be the first one. It's if not we, so good. Like when we all had that it, friend, but, too, growing yeah. up that was like, oh, I'll try it. Or I'm going to eat this milk that's curdled. Yeah. Hey, cheesy. Yeah. Well, I've said this on the air before. A, a strange combination they like, not all the time, but on occasion, is dipping a McDonald's apple pie into ketchup. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no, no. I got a hard no from Allie. Mm-mm. The minute that came out, she's like, ah, oh, no, 
I don't. Uh, I don't think that. I think ketchup is very overestimated. The the court has read through the papers and <laughs> we <we've> denied <laughs> like, your request. Nope. Nope. But here's okay. Ketchup is a weird thing too. If you go through the history of ketchup, you'll see that um, tomato, the tomato-based ketchup that we use now today here in the states, was a, a, a really substandard type of ketchup. Ketchups came in all kinds of flavors. They're Asian. Um, they can be really lovely and uh, have a lot of complexity and variance. However, I'm not of the mindset because something is um, in abundance. That it's bad. And, and ketchup, I think, like the egg on top of everything, might be overused sometimes. But it really is – does have a great, uh, bright, acidy uh, flavor to it, slightly sweet here in the States, um, that is when, when cold up against something hot and uh, is a nice combination. I guess I just don't really – I don't like the sweetness of ketchup. I, I like don't. things that are savory. I'm not really a big sweet tooth. And when I do like sweet things, I like them mixed with salty well, things. Well, to that end, cold pizza dipped in soda. Oh. Would that? <laughs> it seems like it's a mistake, but I mean, there are some of these things that you could say. <laughs> that's got to come from a college guy somewhere. I was just going to say, all you did. That's born yeah, out of dipping your <laughs> No, that's like born out of a hangover. Just like point. just eat it, bro. Yeah. No, but the one I wanted to ask about is the Coca Cola. And red wine together. Okay, so try and break these down because, uh, you know, talking with Allie, uh, she loves food. She loves cooking, right? So don't think of them as is. Like like just when you see ketchup, you go, oh, okay, that's ketchup. No, break down. It's going to have vinegar. It's going to have salt. It's going to have a little bit of sugar. It's going to have tomato. Okay, that's what it is. So when you break these down and you say, okay, Coca-Cola, which has multiple layers of flavors, it really uh, – most of these sodas were originally for medicinal purposes, and then they became you know, kind of pop culture beverages. Uh, so they have a lot of things in there uh, and the fizz as well. And then you think about red wine, and you think there is a similar complexity to them, different mm-hmm. but similar, and then now you're adding effervescence to it. It's probably just going to be like a wine cooler. But so in these case, I mean, I, I, okay, with, with the Coca-Cola and wine, you are mixing to the two together in one beverage, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're doing, say, some of these other ones, like Honey Nut Cheerios and cream cheese, are you literally mixing cream cheese and folding it into a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios? I yes. Would. <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat that. By the way, I mean but, hot chocolate and cheese. Are you yeah, melting no. cheese into a cup of hot chocolate, well, or are you sipping about, a hot chocolate and then taking a bite of cheese? Well, I that might be a both. better version of it. Yeah. But, but it's almost like you're just—I'd be down for that. If you've ever been wine tasting at a place that will also do a pairing for you, it's not just uh, a you know a sip of wine and a cheese. It's a sip of wine and a, a pecan, or a sip of wine and a piece of honeycomb or something that you wouldn't necessarily think of as being and a lot of them are different based on the regions right when you go to certain places uh i think in switzerland their toothpaste tastes like root beer so it's weird for them to have root beer here because they're all that tastes like toothpaste i'm like you have the best freaking toothpaste (laughs) in the world and they're like you know so it depends what you grew up asap rocky is loving it in jail in sweden he does not need to get out of there can i get another another toothpaste float 
Are you done with all your events that uh. you're doing over the weekends, or you have any more coming? Uh, for July, yes. Okay. But <laughs> well, going... July will be over by the time your Saturday. But August, comes. we have one of your favorites, the Pacific Wine and Food uh, Classic, oh, is coming back uh, there, and uh, that'll be uh, big doings. And uh, gosh, I don't even I haven't even looked at the calendar, but August is going to be busy as well. Awesome. All right, Neil. Thank you. Thank you, Neil Savedra, host of the Fork Report. Allie Johnson. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, and you, of course, you uh, of course follow Allie on Twitter at your Allie Johnson, and um, we'll see you next time you come back. Yes, absolutely. John, follow me. I hope I don't get hacked. <laughs> John and Ken, if you start <laughs> distributing neo-Nazi screeds, we'll know <laughs> yeah, something happened. Exactly. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Well, that's all the time we have. Join us next time on... Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon.